yeah, starting off the I think the 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 dead rabbit that they took is probably as close to the the bit in the game where Ellie shoots the rabbit in. Remember that bit? Oh yes. <laughs> it fucking twitches afterwards, it's just utterly unnecessary. Yes. Um and yeah, the I was I was a bit I'm still grappling with this version of Joel. And I don't and I because I again I keep on going on about the violence that isn't in it. And how Joel in the games feels very I think the word simple doesn't do it justice. He hasn't got a huge he's not a scholar, he's not a an engineer, he's a he was a um a, a house making constructor, constructor. Yeah. I mean, I love that scene actually, where he sa- she says like, "Oh, that sounds like really cool," and he's like, "Yeah, everybody loved us." And he just you can see him just kind of rewriting it, his own history. And I thought that was quite subtle and and nice. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. It's the, the so we we know he likes he likes guitars, he likes music. He uh, likes coffee, and he loves his brother, and he loves Ellie, and he loved Sarah. That was those are the the and he likes shitty action movies. So that's like the that's the spectrum of what we know about him, and so we're sort of left with like we don't know the how complex he thinks, how deep he thinks. We know how he feels, um, and that is played out through the actions he takes. Mm. Um, but with with this, I don't know whether it's just because Pedro Pascal is so lovely and empathetic. Uh, he seems to have a a more complex internal like life. It feels like he thinks and catastrophizes a lot more which makes him a lot, partially makes him feel a lot softer than the um, original Joel. Mm. And the scene where he is, now we'll move on to that. We'll sort of like go with the, with the first like half of the episode. Um, Mm. What did you think of like the, the, initial bit and coming to the town and the reuniting reuniting with Tommy um the first part of the sh- I'm, I'm the first part of the episodes or the first few minutes of the episode is basically a bit of a montage isn't it of them kind of traveling around along and it's six months later as well isn't it and suddenly you see like um them going up to this house and there is well you know it's not even them is it it's the other it's it's the owner of the house coming up to the house and um I think it was nice because I well first of all I was a bit sort of like six months (laughs) felt like a sudden jump but it meant that we didn't have to go through that grieving process that Ellie inevitably went through. We didn't have to see all of that. Um, and 
and so they could just kind of gloss over that and move on. Um, but it also seemed that they had that they were working towards a a more a closer relationship. I felt that 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 there was sort of like um, yeah, more more bonding had gone on between them. They had got into a a routine with one another that that Ellie was holding up her end of the relationship a bit better and she was more mature and more actively involved in in protecting them working towards that it it feels like they had a had quite a a positive relationship that that had been that had built up over those six months um and I think also the fact that six months had passed just gave a a real feel for um the enormity of the task that they're that they're doing because it's very easy to just think that like a few days have passed and I think in these kind of shows time is very timey wimey <laughs> to use a doctor who who reference um yeah i mean it's it all feels a bit amorphous you don't really know it's like was that two days or three months you know it's it's very difficult so so i think it kind of gave the idea of this enormity and i think it kind of gave the idea that they have reached a sort of comfortable alliance with one another mm. um but i I'm I'm hesitant about it because the way that things pan out in the ne- in in the sort of second half of the episode, it, I feel like that was the wrong <laughs> the wrong assumption for me to make, the wrong impression for me to get. But what what do you think? Hmm. I think um, Joel in the game is so much more emotionally closed off all the time and it only really comes out in like those kinds of bursts when he's angry Mm. Mm. um but in this his emotion is so written on his face like the difference between him when we first find him in the apocalypse when he's putting a dead child's body on a fire and his face is completely blank he's 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 just hardened himself up mm. and we can really see over these episodes and as time goes on he's reverting more back to the joel we saw before the apocalypse mm. it's the exact same it's him living alone with his daughter mm. and his brother um he has to go and bail him out of jail his brother goes off and um gets lost on things so that dynamic is is the same yeah and what happens when you repress emotions is they don't go away, they get stronger. Mm. And then when you start opening them out again, as Joel has been doing over the course of this journey, that's why he's having these nightmares, all those old feelings that the only way he could survive was to push them down. Mm. As he, as he emotionally grows again, that's why it culminates in that incredible scene between him and Tommy 
when he goes, he can't, he can't remember what happens in the dreams, but he just feels like he's lost something. Mm. And that's, that's such an excellent bit of storytelling because he yeah. doesn't, it's not as simple as going, oh, I see her getting killed and I can't do anything. It's going, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Mm. And I keep on freezing. And so that means that every night he has those dreams and he wakes up with that bullshit. Oh, and yeah, it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. Yeah, and yeah, the and his his emotional literacy is so much more than like in game jobs. It's interesting, actually, because so in this episode, he has um, a, a couple, uh, multiple um panic attacks um and he portrays them really well um because you could equally think he was having a heart attack and a a serious panic attack can have people rushing to hospital because they think that they are having a heart attack so you know it it is not overacted and it's not um uh hammed up it was it, it it's a, a very genuine representation of a very real physical manifestation of um, emotional trauma and difficulty and all of that. And it's really unsurprising that somebody in Joel's situation would experience um, a panic attack. But it's a very extreme um, thing to show in in this kind of show there's it, we very rarely see that we're, we're always sort of told like oh well you know the end of the world has happened and everyone's just getting on with it and and you know like vying for um political power and all of that but but the reality is is that they're living in this extremely stressful scenario so probably in the real world in that situation everyone will be having panic attacks constantly so it's it it, it's nice to see it portrayed, but I went back and looked because I was like, I don't remember him having this in in the show and I in the game. Um, and I I came across. I just wanted to to mention it because I came across the HBO's um, Last of Us podcast where um, uh, Neil Druckmann is talking about it, and he and it's really interesting because it's completely in line with what you've been saying. Actually, is that. Yes, you know, he he is having a panic attack and he doesn't understand what's going on because he's the kind of guy that probably never even thought about panic attacks in his life. Um and the, they said the reason they didn't do it in in the game is because is actually a tech a technical thing because of the way that what they say is that when the um when you're playing it the game, the um cameras so quite far back so and it's usually um you're usually behind your your character so you very rarely see your character's face and your facial expressions so it was difficult for them to tactically technically portray these moments so instead what they did in the game was they tried to um make him more distant from Ellie. So the the fact that what you're talking about is the is that in the game he was less emotion it, it, he was more emotionless and more and colder. It, that's actually true and that was their way of trying to represent this this um 
stress that he's under now. And I think that, you know, these are the sorts of moments that that um, show the age of the game and show how our understanding um, of um, mental health and emotional expression and men's ability to be emotional and to show emotion has shifted in the last 10 years to a more accepting space. I mean, we've still got a long way to go, but I think we are in a, a more accepting space than we were. So so it's all right for Joel to be this sort of macho alpha male type guy and have panic attacks. You know, we're, we're, we're okay with that. That's an okay thing. Whereas I think 10 years ago, that would have been harder for them to, to get away with in the game. That would have been harder for them to explain, even aside from the technical practicalities of it of it. So I think it's quite interesting because what you're what you're describing is 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 exactly in line with what is is exactly in line with what what happened as far as the the um the team behind it say. I love being right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um yeah the um yeah, so I think the the point I was we we rarely see in general working class protagonists in most media. They're normally middle class to upper class, um, and there's always been the stereotype that working class and poor people are dull and simple and don't have complex inner lives which is completely false and ridiculous. They're just, yeah. they have exactly the same emotional spectrum as most people. And I, I really like um, the, it's similar with Kratos and God of War. When you take these very masculine men and you examine their journey in developing emotional literacy mm. and how you, it's something that needs to be cultivated because if you're not taught how to like understand what you're feeling, then all you're left with is just being um, your feelings having power over you. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what happens with Joel, certainly in the game in the fine at the very end of it, he doesn't know his just feelings go, we need this. And he goes and and follows them. Um, yeah, and that yeah that scene with him and Tommy was it made that made a lot more. I, I, the, the scene where Joel says we're going our separate ways that still doesn't sit quite right with me. I didn't really. How did that scene feel with you? Because it it never really sat with me with the game either. When he says it to Ellie? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's hard because I think that in our sort of storyland and movie land, we we want our protagonists to to play out their their roles and Joel's role is as Ellie's protector so it it felt to me as like he shouldn't why would he leave her at this point to just he, why he d- doesn't didn't make sense to me it, um 
And also, Tommy's completely unreliable, so I don't know why he would leave her with Tommy. It's, and, and Joel, you know, much as he loves Tommy, he does. He's the one that <laughs> thinks he's unreliable. So it's not. It's it. So that that yeah, it didn't really. It I didn't believe it in the game or in the in the show. Um, but I'm wondering if that's because neither did he. And neither did Ellie. None, no one believed it because it was, mm-hmm. it was just a, it was something that he was playing. I mean, there's even, you could even get more complex with it and say, you know, like, is he just testing? Was he testing himself? Was he testing Ellie's loyalty? Was he testing his own loyalty? Is it, was that actually what was going on that he was like trying the, I think sometimes in reality, people try ideas on for size. So they'll like say something that they don't necessarily mean because they want to see if they mean it. Um, and then once it's out there in the real world, then they, then they know whether they mean it or not. And, and I just wondered whether that, wonder whether that was what was going on here. I mean, that feels like quite a lot of layers to go through from a, a script writing perspective, but a story storyline perspective, but I still think that might have been that it didn't feel it didn't sit right because it wasn't right, and 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 eventually that's that's what happens, isn't it? I mean, eventually it, that the decision is, yeah. Yeah, I think think just thinking about it now, the it felt a bit too scripted in the game. Mm. But I think the way they played it in this one is a lot more sitting with it for a little bit and thinking about it and how terrified Joel is and all. Because often you people think they want something, but they actually really don't want it, especially Mm. when it comes to anxiety um, and I think in this, all he felt was, I just need to, I can't bear the idea of getting her killed because he yeah. definitely blames himself for, because he hesitated when when Sarah was shot. And he's just going, I've been, that's all I've been thinking about for the last few months and I can't handle that. So mm. the, the way to fix that is to hand her off to Tommy. And in order to do that, I need to go and, say tell her and he just wants he, he what he thinks he wants is to, to just go oh, okay thanks joel it'll be okay and then he can leave yeah and he thinks that that's the answer but then ellie gets pissed off with him yeah and we see so much with him and sarah it felt like he was the child and she was the adult yeah in that relationship yeah um, and I really feel it seems like when like when Joel falls asleep and Ellie's watching over him, it really feels like he's he's being taken back to that place. Mm. And so when when he goes in to try and be the adult again and she has a go at him, he just sort of yeah, it just feels like Joel doesn't know what he's thinking and feeling and just yeah. acts out. Um, but then he hears Ellie say, it's what she wants. 
it, it's not about safety it's about how he makes her feel yeah and yeah then joel just has a little bit more time and then realizes oh that's actually that's the last thing i want is leaving her mm. and yeah so i think it was played yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a. I think we see a lot about how damaged he is by what happened with Sarah, and we don't know how he was in that situation um, alone with Sarah either. I mean, we don't know um, so much about you know all of that. Like, there's a whole there's whole heap of stuff that's sort of left un unexplored, and and he, yeah, he's it. I think that whole scene. I mean, there was no, there were, there were no um, infected in that whole episode. There was no. like nothing, and um, I think that was, yeah, it was a, it was a, a, an interesting exploration. I think we got to see a lot more of of their relationship and how, yeah, like you say, how he is slowly kind of dealing with his. Um, loss and coming back to himself perhaps a little bit sort of defrosting slowly <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 tricky with portraying panic attacks in any kind of media because mm. even though it stops him in his tracks he it is quite short-lived whereas panic attacks can often completely render someone incapacitated without they can't be controlled no they can you can and but just that we really get a feeling through joel just really reaching his breaking point in how he can ignore the terror of getting ellie killed yeah. He's been sort of he's been holding that down this entire time and yeah. he finally gets to see Tommy and he sees all this safety and security and just goes, "Oh, I just I just want this." And Yeah. I just want to stop. Yeah. Because yeah. any anyone who anyone who has gone through any kind of um processing trauma knows that it is just awful and even though it's the best thing in the long run just the dredging up of that trauma mm. can really overwhelm you in the present mm. and it mm. seems like that's what they did with joel yeah absolutely <sighs> Right, I think is that if you got anything. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that the end scene in the in the episode was like mm. so hard because he he gets um, attacked and he thinks he's beaten the guy off, but then he's been like stabbed with a I don't know giant nail, <laughs> something horrible anyway, and um, and it's. And they manage to get out of there. Ellie gets him out of there. So you've seen this whole thing go full 
turn full hell about all this thing about him protecting her and him looking after her and in this episode she's slowly demonstrating to him that she can look after him but then finally in the final minutes of the scene he's like he can't he's collapsed and you know we're like Ellie's like you can't leave me I can't do this without you and I think it was a really yeah I was just like no I mean I've played the game so (laughs) you know that takes a little bit of the the drama away from it but it's you know it's it it's yeah shocking yeah I was that was another element where I think they it was nowhere near as dramatic as it was in the game because Joel falls off that stuff and goes and lands on Spike Yes, and <laughs> it feels like they they rushed that a little bit because that was an entire level in the game exploring that yeah. and then getting attacked, and it just felt like even though it was a horrible big nail, I don't know what that was. That was wow. Ugh. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they play the next episode. It's nearly the, it's nearly the end. Yeah, I don't want it to end because I know what's going to happen at the at the start of the next one. Yeah, which but is, they might oh. fill the gaps, mightn't they? I mean, because they could run any story really now, couldn't they? Yeah. The adventures of <sighs> well, until anyway. then, until then. <laughs> right, thank you everyone for watching or listening. Um, you know where to find us and when to find us uh, every every Thursday at 7pm or wherever you want to watch or listen to us. Uh, we've been Matt and Jim. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem, where you get access to all our monthly Patreon-only episodes. You can also like, share, comment, or subscribe to us on any of our platforms to support us. Until next time, bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.